0: morning, everybody. I'm really glad to be here. Uh, My Maggie and Winston are not here this morning, so I'm saying hi to my wife and Winston. Hello in there. Um, uh, She has alluded to it already, but uh, Pastor Michelle spent a little bit of time in the hospital recently, and I, for one, am extremely thankful that God has answered our prayers and brought her out and back to us. And I'm more excited than that, but I need need you to help me thank God for just a minute. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You can turn in your Bibles to James chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. I'm going to tell you right now that I'm going to preach quickly this morning because I'm going to leave time at the end for you to be prayed for by our prayer team. And when I say you, I mean you all of you. So just go ahead and fix that in your mind and heart right now. James chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. I'd invite you, if you are able, to please stand for the reading of God's word. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. James writes, Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick, they should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up, and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective." Elijah was a human being like us, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth yielded its harvest. Verse 19, my brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and is brought back by another, you should know that whoever brings back a sinner from wandering will save the sinner's soul from death. And will cover a multitude of sins. This is the word of God. And you may be seated. From this passage, I'll preach from the title, Responding with Prayer. If you have been at New Community for, for any length of time, you've probably picked up on something of an activist streak in our church. It's not uncommon for us to join others in our community for a protest or a march against injustice. You see, we have found that there are times when it is important, essential even, uh, for the church to visibly and corporately demonstrate God's heart for righteousness and justice. And what those of you who have participated in any of these marches will know is that most of the time they include some element of prayer. For us, as for many of our friends and partners in the neighborhood, there is no division between prayer and protest. We pray as we protest, we protest as we pray. Now I I thought of some of these marches that we've participated in over the years as I read this passage from James. In these final verses, I pictured our church. After directing so much of his attention to instances of injustice, the brother of Jesus concluded his letter by calling the church to pray in all circumstances. Now, it's not always intuitive to hold together the life of prayer and the life of justice. Depending on the group that I'm working with, I often feel as though we are supposed to choose between one or the other. In fact, much of the history of some American churches can be traced through this false bifurcation. Do we prioritize intimacy with Christ and a vital personal faith? Or do we prioritize working for equality and pushing against injustice? Well, according to James, we don't have to choose. (laughs) Prayer is the appropriate response to every circumstance we find ourselves in, including those which involve pushing and struggling for justice. This is the reminder for us as we end our series from James today. Prayer is the regular response to everything We experience in life. That's what I hope we'll take with us today. Prayer is the regular response to everything we experience in life. Now, before we come to the table in a few minutes, and before I invite you to be prayed for this morning, I want to briefly share three reasons why prayer is the Christian's response. To everything in this life. First, prayer is unique. Second, prayer is ordinary. And finally, prayer, according to James, is effective. Now, for those of us who have uh, believed that we had to choose between uh, prayer and protest, perhaps these three reasons will be new. But for those of you who were deeply formed by traditions of faith which never separated, evangelism from justice, the gospel from righteousness. Well, I hope these three reasons will simply be an encouragement to you today. So first, prayer is the regular response to everything we experience in this life because prayer is unique. Can you say unique? Yeah. There are lots of different ways that all of us respond to the regular stuff of life. Sometimes we get angry. Sometimes we medicate ourselves. Sometimes we celebrate. Sometimes we gloat. Even the work of justice is something that can be shared by many different people, including those who don't profess Christ as Lord. But James is showing a unique response to life in these verses. He says, you call the elders to get prayed for. You get anointed with oil. You confess your sins to each other. This is not normal. (laughs) This is not the average response to life shared by everybody in this world. Uh, This is strange. And it's not a bad thing to remember this morning that Christians are strange. Take money, for example. In a culture of excess and greed, we believe that it is better to give money away than to receive it. Take sex. In a culture saturated in over-sexuality, we believe that chastity and celibacy are worthy of honor. That's pretty strange. Take violence. In a culture of death, we believe that every single person no matter their vulnerabilities or their histories, is worthy of life. The response to life that James is putting in front of us in this passage is strange. The way that we as followers of Jesus respond to life is meant to be strange, peculiar, odd, weird. I remember a meeting I was in about five or six years ago. This was a pretty buttoned-down meeting at the University of Chicago. This was a sports coat and tie kind of meeting with important people talking about important things. I'm not sure why I was there, but I was. And in the middle of the meeting, my friend Pastor Chris Harris received a text where he learned that their nonprofit had just received a significant grant that was going to fund really important work addressing trauma in our community. And can I tell you that as Pastor Harris was receiving this message at this very serious button-down meeting, the man got up on his feet and had his own personal praise break for about 45 seconds. And he said, I promised God that whenever he came through for me, no matter the situation I was in, that I was going to give him glory. And that's kind of strange. That's not what you're supposed to do in that kind of meeting. Christians respond to life in a unique kind of way. And so, so can I invite you and encourage you and remind you to embrace the strangeness the differentness, the uniqueness of following Jesus. You are not meant to blend in. You are not meant to conform to the predictable status quo of this world. Prayer is the regular response to everything we experience in this life because prayer is unique, and so are you. Number two, prayer is the regular response to everything in this life because prayer is ordinary. Can you say ordinary? Ordinary. So so prayer is unique, but for Christians, prayer becomes ordinary. It becomes normal. James says, is anybody suffering? Pray. Is anybody happy? Anybody cheerful? Sing songs of praise. Is is anybody sick? Uh, Call the elders so that they can pray for you. You you notice that there's not a single exception (laughs) right? James doesn't go, now, 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 if if you're facing this, well, don't pray about that. (laughs) If this happens to you, that's the one of the exceptions. You shouldn't pray about that. (laughs) If somebody says that to you, well, you don't pray. There's no exception. (laughs) If this happens, pray. If that happens, pray. If this happens, pray. If they say that, that you pray, then if this happens to you, you pray in every, so it's ordinary. he's, He's almost kind of bouncing off of this idea from the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians when he writes, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now to illustrate this, James uses the example of Elijah. Elijah, James says, was a human being like us. In other words, he was ordinary, just like I'm ordinary and you're ordinary. And, 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 and James says that, that, that God used this Old Testament prophet to, to proclaim judgment on, on, a, on a wicked king so that there would be a drought in the land. And then a few years later, God used the same man of God to pray and bring rain to the land. In 1 Kings chapter 18, we, we get a bit of Elijah's prayer. Answer me, Lord, answer me. So these people will know that you, Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. Now, the text says that, that James prayed fervently. And if we're not careful, that might make us think that, or that, that, that Elijah prayed fervently, it might make us think that Elijah was somehow special. Uh, that Elijah had somehow figured out a secret way to pray. <laughs> he had tapped into that fervent kind of prayer. And if we could just find that too, then we would have powerful lives of prayer. But, but, but you see, in the, in, the, in the original language, it's just Elijah prayed prayer. <laughs> that, 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 that's what it is. He prayed prayer. That, that's James' way of saying that's all he did. <laughs> He he didn't pray and then work really hard. He, He didn't pray and then know how to manipulate God to do what he wanted God to do. Elijah prayed prayer. And that's something that we can all do. Amen. We can all pray prayer. There's nothing secret about that. God used an ordinary person in prayer to do an extraordinary thing. That's James's point by bringing up Elijah, that he, he would use an ordinary person in prayer to do something extraordinary. Prayer is meant to be ordinary for us. And so let me, let me make two relatively easy suggestions for you this week. First, allow your body to be an invitation to pray. Here's what I mean. Every time you, you feel a little bit of stress, Every time you feel a little bit of anxiety, every time you get worried, every time you're in your bed unable to go to sleep, it's just me, right? I'm the only one. I'm the only one. Every time you, 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 you start to feel that thing build up in your lower back or your shoulders or your stomach or whatever, wherever it is for you, let your body this week be an invitation to prayer. So, so, so that as soon as you feel that thing, in your head, in your shoulders, in your stomach. You realize you're being invited to pray. Then here's my second suggestion. At some point this week, I want to invite you to interrupt the conversation with prayer. You might want to think who you're going to do this with. But I invite you at some point this week, maybe it's with a friend, maybe it's with a believing co-worker, I don't know, maybe the Holy Spirit leads you to do it with somebody you don't even know. But while you're in conversation with somebody and you realize, you know, we could pray about this, I invite you to interrupt that conversation and say, let's just stop and pray for a minute. Maybe somebody is telling you something amazing that just happened in their life. Maybe stop and say, can we just stop and praise God for just a minute? (laughs) Can we just stop and thank God for what God is doing in your life for just a minute? Maybe you're having a conversation with a friend and they're up against something really difficult, really complex. They don't know what they're going to do, how they're going to get out of that thing. Just stop and say, can we pray and ask God for wisdom? Because this is too much for us. This is too complicated for us. We can't figure this out on our own. Can we just stop and ask God for some wisdom here? Maybe you're you're in a conversation and somebody's expressing some, some deep grief, some trauma, a place of pain. that that, that needs healing, Would, would you stop then and say, can we just invite the Holy Spirit to begin doing that healing work? So allow your body to be an invitation to prayer this week. And look for one opportunity at least to interrupt one conversation with that ordinary response that is prayer. Prayer is the regular response to everything we experience in life because prayer is ordinary. And then finally, prayer is a regular response because prayer is effective. Say effective. Effective. All right. So so James gives at least two examples of this. In verse 15, he says the prayer of faith will save the sick. And then in verse 16, he says the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Notice what James does not do, much to my disappointment. He does not say, uh, here is how prayer works. And neither does James say, here is when your prayers are going to be answered in the way you want them to be answered. Uh, James ignores the how and the when question. the question that you and I frankly spend a lot of time on. These are typical questions. These are understandable questions. But but, but could I suggest that the how and the when questions might reveal a view of prayer which is occasional? Occasional? a view of prayer which is not woven into our regular lives, which reveals a, a view of prayer where we have our, our normal life, our regular life. We move along doing our things, our responsibilities. We get up in the morning. We, 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 we go through our routine. We get to the end of the day. We go to sleep, and then we do it again. And, and, and then if something you know, really bad happens or, or really good happens, then we stop and we pray. <laughs> Or some of us have a rhythm where we get up in the morning and we spend time with God in prayer. And then we get on with our regular lives. I I think if we're honest, some of us have a view of prayer that is exceptional to the rest of our lives. We have our regular lives and then we have occasional moments of prayer. And so the how and the when questions become very, very important. But I would suggest that something shifts when we begin to understand that prayer marks our unique identity and is an ordinary response to all of life. Because now the question isn't about why or why not our occasional prayers seem to work or not. Instead, we find ourselves existing within an ecosystem of prayerful response to the presence of God. I think this is the vision James is trying to put in front of us, that we live within an ecosystem of prayerful responses to the presence of God all the time, everywhere, in every circumstance. And I think from this vantage point, the idea of prayer being effective is not the idea of my will being accomplished. But as Pastor Michelle prayed this morning, about my will being aligned with God's. About my will being submitted to God's will. James writes that the prayer of faith is effective and the prayer of the righteous is effective. And and my hunch is that if you're like me, you might go, well, that must be talking about somebody else. The prayer of faith, that's a special kind of prayer, right? Right. The prayer of the righteous, that's for the the really spiritual people who can get up on the mic and lead the church in prayer. But can I remind you that if you are a follower of Jesus, you are a person of faith. (laughs) And that if you've placed your faith in Jesus, the righteousness of Christ has been applied to you. And so you, too, are a righteous person. In other words, James is saying this is for all of us. For you, it's the prayer of faith. For you, it's the prayer of a righteous person. There's nothing special about this kind of prayer. The, the, the vision here that James puts in front of us is of a community where prayer is just normal and natural and sick people are getting healed and people who have sinned are being forgiven. Now again, we cannot reduce this to a mechanistic version of prayer where if I just pray the right thing or if I just don't sin as much, then God is going to do what I think God needs to do. That's that's not the vision. This is the ecosystem of a prayerful response to the presence of God. We need to remember instead what James has been doing through this entire letter. He's been putting in front of us a vision of life lived in harmony with God, where sin and sickness have been defeated and where injustice and inequality have been vanquished and where sisters and brothers dwell together in unity. So is it possible in any way that you have reduced prayer to an occasional act? Is it possible in any way that you have understood your prayer life to somehow be separate from, unique from, distinct from the regular normal stuff of your life? I mean the boring stuff, the mundane stuff, the packing your kids' lunch once again for school stuff, the paying the bills stuff. Is it possible in any way that you've siloed prayer off from the regular stuff of your life? Prayer is effective as we learn to live the unique and ordinary ecosystem of our life with God. We could pray even right now, Holy Spirit of the living God, give us an imagination for a God-saturated life. Lives lived at the intersection of the ordinary and the extraordinary. Of lives where everything we do is a prayerful response to your presence. Prayer is the regular response to everything we experience in life. Because prayer is effective. Now, I'm about to wrap up and invite us to the Lord's table and to pr- being prayed for. But before I do, I want to just make one note, because my experience is that when, whenever we preach or teach about prayer, oftentimes a primary response is one of guilt. Oh, I'm not praying enough. I should pray more. Why don't I pray more? And if that's you, I want to ask that at least for the next few minutes, you set aside your guilt, please. Because again, throughout his letter, James has been articulating a vision of life built on the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The old hierarchies and divisions, the old exploitations and manipulations have been toppled by the crucified Savior. And so I don't think it's any surprise that James ends with prayer. Because you see, the same Lord who atoned for your sin and mine, the same Lord who subverted death and defeated the devil is your Lord too and is present to you right now. Through the Holy Spirit, he is with you, for you, in you, leading you, surrounding you, hiding you in every moment and every situation. So instead of telling you that you should pray more, I just want to invite you to pray this morning. Is that okay? I want to just invite us with the minutes we have left to pray. If prayer is our regular response to this life, if it's unique, if it's ordinary, if it's effective, And let's spend a few minutes asking our Lord to provoke our prayer this morning. So, I'm gonna invite uh, Pastor Michelle to come up, and here's what we're gonna do. I didn't have a plan, so just bear with me. We're gonna lead us through the communion liturgy. Uh, Zach's gonna come up and and, and play. And then, rather than just have everybody come and receive communion right at, at the beginning, we're going to open up the space a little bit, and we're going to invite our prayer ministers to come up in a minute and be stationed around the room. And then as you're ready, you come and be prayed for, and you come to the, to the table. Amen? I preached fast this morning, church. I really did. I know some of you are like, I used that was fast. That was fast, I promise. You go back and look at the podcast, you'll see that was fast. So we have some time. We have some minutes to corporately acknowledge the presence of God and to respond to the presence of God in prayer this morning so that we would be positioned to do that same thing the rest of this week. Amen?